All right, welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for January 4th, 2023. Today we're talking, of course, about the upcoming Eden elections on Saturday. There's also a couple other news over the holidays. DeFi Box and Pomelo NFT campaign. There was a uh, EOS holiday giveaway campaign uh, on Twitter from the ENF over the holidays. There's another one coming up for the Lunar New Year uh, in, in January. Um, there was a new Architects of Consensus blog post uh, and a um, couple other news. And so we're uh, we're going to be talking a bit about that today. And of course, probably a lot about Eden with the election coming up on Saturday. A lot of new members are joining Eden. A lot of new members are joining the election. So should be should be pretty interesting. Uh, of course, at any time, you guys are welcome to jump into the conversation. Fortunately, we got no sound effects today, so I will invite you guys to jump in even faster into the conversation. Uh, Gabriel, I'm going to mute you for now. And uh, yeah, so if you're not aware and if you're new to the EOS community, EOS is a layer one smart contract platform that is governed by its community. It's the only crypto network that has had a foundation emerge organically from within the community years after the launch of the network. Since the creation of the EOS Network Foundation one year ago, the new EOS has seen an incredible acceleration of progress and innovation. The EOS Network Foundation has built an excellent team that's been able to quickly establish essential frameworks that empower the EOS community to do its best work through foundational initiatives like the Recognition Grants, the Blue Paper Research Series, Pomelo Crowdfunding Platform, Direct Investment Framework, Investments in Eden, the Ongoing Roadshow, and more communities been activated and energized to a level not seen since the launch of the network in 2018. Um, EOS is in the midst of an epic narrative reversal, and the new EOS has the potential to become the greatest crypto story of all time. Yeah! My name is Stefan. I'm one of the co-founders of EOS Nation, currently a top-ranked block producer on EOS and other Antelope chains. And I'm happy and honored to be your host for today. So thanks for joining, everyone. Happy New Year to everyone. It's been a while since uh, we've been on a fireside appreciate you guys letting us take a few weeks off. I had a good time uh, spending actually my first Christmas in three years with friends and family. No one got sick. No one had to cancel because of COVID. It was uh, it was pretty great. We did get sick. My, my, my family did get sick when we got back home uh, on the 31st. Uh, but at least we uh, we got to see, you know, all the friends and family got to rest. I took some afternoon naps for the first time in a year. It was pretty glorious. I hope you guys uh, had a good time as well. Hope you guys are recharged, ready to go get at it uh, in 2023. Of course, big week this week with the January 7 elections. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that. Of course, later on in the show, we'll start with the other topics first, and then, and then we'll see we'll see where the conversation goes. Uh, it does say 2022 recap and more. I'm not sure if we'll do a recap or not. I think people would prefer to talk about the Eden election, uh, but we'll see we'll see where the show goes. You know, this show is for the Yas community. We encourage you guys uh, to jump in, ask your questions. If there's topics you want to discuss, if there's events of 2022 you want to bring up and discuss, of course, we welcome you guys to do that. If you're watching on YouTube, Discord, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias, thank you for tuning in. Do 
make the effort to come join us on Discord and join the conversation live. Of course, you can ask uh, on the mic or on the live chat here in Discord. Um, all right. So before uh, we get into the good stuff, a uh, couple house housekeeping items. Uh, Apologies for the November raffle ticket holders. I totally uh, forgot to do that raffle over the holidays. Uh, so I'm going to make it up to you guys. I'm going to be personally adding some extra prizes for those November token, uh, November raffle token holders. Uh, the December raffle is also going down today. So you can still buy your raffle tickets if you've got four pop tokens. Uh, I'm going to share the link in the chat here in just a bit. Uh, but those tickets can be still bought for another hour. Um, all right, yeah, so let's get into it. Or for, before we get into it, uh, you know, if anyone wants to say hi to the community, share a bit of uh, maybe what they did over the holidays or if they want to wish some well wishes to the community. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a few seconds for, for some people to say hi. With no background music. Everyone, I'm DJ Strikanova. I'm actually the active bit in Telegram. I'm Alex Dev. I'm with the Effect DAO, with the Effect Network. Anyway, I was hoping uh, to wish you all, I hope you all have a good uh, New Year's like, holidays. I just wanted to say that uh, the d open discussion, I'm free to like uh, talk about the Effect Network and stuff like that if anyone's interested. Hey, shout out to the Effect Network. It's been a, it's been a little bit since I heard from you guys. Glad, uh, glad you guys are joining us. Definitely uh, interested in hearing updates from uh, what you guys uh, have been into. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave the floor open for maybe a few other people who want to say hi. But then, uh, yeah, if you want to kick off the fireside with some Effect Network updates, uh, I'd love to hear them. But before we get into that, if anyone else wants to say hi, wish Happy New Year to everyone. You know, jump on the mic. Happy New Year! There we Happy go, Winfred <laughs> coming in clutch. Red, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good, tired, a bit busy, a lot, excited a lot as well. Um, yeah, looking for some maybe afternoon naps next week when things maybe settle down a bit. Gosh, same here. <laughs> All right, well, um, DJ Strikanova, great name, by the way. Did you want to kick things off with some, some Effect Network updates? Um, uh, sure. Uh, I guess uh, we're actually in a big process right now, uh, transitioning to like High Guard in place, which is basically, uh, so we're trying with our DAO, we want to implement something called ATPs, which are arbitrary transaction proposals. So our DAO right now, if you want to like request funding for something in EFX, you can make a proposal and uh, people vote on it. But uh, the, with ATPs, we could actually make a transaction, like create a transaction and the high guard will sign it. So it, for example, if uh, we wanted the treasury to participate in a liquidity pool, we could just create a transaction for that and then vote on it and then sign it if it passes. And so that's like a cool thing I think we're in the process of doing. Aside from that, um, we had a hackathon last year when the effect network uh, was in testnet, but then uh, once we moved to mainnet, we had a launchathon, and uh, there was like this project called QuickCAD, which was my favorite, and uh, it's on Shopify. Basically, what I find really cool about it is um, on Shopify, people can pay for the 
for credits and requested like their products be classified. And it basically, the way he implemented it is he uses Stripe to, you know, buy them the, so he gets the money, and then he uses his EFX to pay the workers. So it's like EOS is working in the background for like uh, just a, a web app uh, that people use on Shopify. And so I think we're we're pretty proud of what he's done, and so we're hoping to kind of like do more hackathons in the future as well. Um, I mean, I could ramble all day about uh, Effect Network, but I don't want to like take up the whole show. So um, that's a, that's a great, yeah, no, that's a great intro. But I, I'll definitely give you at least a couple more minutes if you want to keep rambling on about Effect Networks. Uh, I, I haven't heard about it in a while, so I'm super happy, uh, you know, to learn more. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, I guess uh, over the years, uh, Effect Network has got, has pursued the uh, becoming more decentralized. So uh, all the source code is now uh, up on GitHub for all the smart contracts and our, all our front ends. And we have something called the Effect SDK, which is basically an NPM module. So if you know JavaScript and you have uh, EFX, you can basically write programs um, that can tap into the workforce and you know send, uh, send them over jobs to do and then get the results back and stuff like that. Very cool, very cool. Really wish I had my little music going. <laughs> but uh, okay, great. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for showing up to the fireside. Definitely uh, show up again in the future when you've got more updates, um, you know, from Effect uh, Network to share with us. And that goes for any other project that is, you know, using the EOSP blockchain in any way. Uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to organize ahead of time, you can reach out to me on social media. I can kind of book you in the slot. You can also just show up anytime. Uh, we go as long as people have things to share. So you can definitely, any project can just show up here and, and share their updates with us. Usually we have, you know, a few set topics that we go through and then there's the open mic section where where any project can can share updates any community member can ask questions or just shoot the shit whatever it is and uh yeah so cool welcome back effect ai all right what else do we have on our uh, agenda here we have some DeFi box and pomelo nft news so that was released over the holidays DeFi box announcing that they're giving mining rewards for people who deposit their Pomelo NFTs. So people have been collecting our Pomelo NFTs over the last couple seasons. Oftentimes there's some extra ones left over in your collection. It was kind of designed that way. These extras now can be converted into fungible tokens, which can then be deposited into liquidity pools along with EOS and then earn mining rewards just like you would in any other DeFi box liquidity pool. So we've got some rockets, some diamonds, some astronaut tokens, and a few others uh, that you can deposit. And right now there's actually some bonuses, some extra mining uh, rewards that DeFi box is offering the Pomelo NFT holders. So if you have not uh, been uh, putting your NFTs to work, definitely encourage you to do so. And uh, yeah, definitely big shout out and big thanks to the DeFi Box team for setting up this promotion for our Pomelo NFT holders. 
Uh, you know, it, it does leverage a lot of the NFT tech that our team has been building over the last couple months, uh, over the last year. Uh, you know, being able to swap your NFT for a fungible token, being able to swap, for example, a battle bot for a harvest bot and all these other types of different diamonds with different features, making it much easier for our NFT holders to be able to interact with their NFTs, not necessarily have to rely on the Atomic Hub market to trade. We're uh, creating some liquidity pools, all that stuff. So all of these concepts are kind of coming together and, and being promoted here through uh, DeFi Box, which is really cool. So um, let's see some number ones in the chat. If you currently have some NFTs in the DeFi Box pool, we're how many people are we? we're 50. I want to see at least 10 ones out here, at least 10 ones for people that have deposited NFTs in there, but it's definitely not too late. The promo lasts for, I think, 30 days for that extra uh, first 30 days. Yeah, extra bonus rewards, but there's still going to be rewards, you know, uh, beyond that as well. Definitely. We're seeing a lot in ones. We're seeing some twos. Not too sure. Lewis seems to be a bit confused. Um, he wants to be a one. There you go. Awesome. So yeah, if you guys have questions about this stuff, uh, feel free to know, jump in on here, ask them, join us on Telegram, tag us on Twitter for Pomelo. Uh, of course, we're happy to, to answer your questions. In regards to the season four Pomelo matching pool, um, the team is still doing its cyber analysis. It's gonna take a bit longer than usual due to the holidays. Uh, you know, the Pomelo team also took a little break much needed, of course. Um, but at some point in January, uh, you know, the matching funds for Pomelo season four are going to be released. And any grant creator that, uh, you know, earns some matching funds will be able to claim them. So don't know when the date is not set yet, but it will be sometime in January. All right, so DeFi Box Pomelo promo. We had some other NFT action over the holidays, the EOS holiday giveaway. Um, let's see some nine, let's see some eights in the chat if you participated in the EOS holiday giveaway and earned yourself a mystery box. Let's see some eights in the chats. There we go, some snowmen. Some snowmen for the EOS holidays. Tony, Winfred, Denis. Um, we released some new NFTs during this promo for the community NFT collection. Uh, you know, you, you cannot uh, buy these anywhere. You can only find them in these EOS holiday mystery boxes. Uh, we, there's a snow derp out there. There's a Krampus. So there's some art from some artists like Byron, Shufan, and Lars. There was a, there's a big bearded Santa that was wishing a happy holidays to everyone. What else did we have in there? We had some pure EOS airdrops. We had some Pomelo checks, which is kind of like an EOS airdrop, but that you can only donate to approved grants from season four. So another, you know, tip of the hat to our grant owners from season four. We always like to reward them as much as possible. And uh, yeah, so uh, expect more promos like this in the coming months. Um, our next one up that we're doing is for the Lunar New Year, kind of celebrating the, the Asian holiday that is upcoming. We'll have a new EOS personality released, you know, as part of this series. We'll have some new NFTs as well that highlight kind of the 
the Chinese and Korean traditions around New Year. So we're having uh, we're having lots of fun, you know, using all of the tools available to us on EOS to build these promos. First off, big shout out to Bounty Block for their social contest tool, which are being utilized for these contests. Shout out to Bounty Block for their airdrop tool, of course, which is also used to distribute prizes. We're, we're of course, leveraging uh, Atomic Hub uh, Marketplace and for transfers. And so, yeah, we're having fun with that. Hope you guys uh, are enjoying those, uh, those promotions and uh, having fun collecting these new NFTs. Best one looking yet. Wh which one is that, Tony? He's saying he's got mm -hmm. the best looking yet. Drew Block got a snow dirt, maybe. Um, my favorite is the Krampus by Lars. Uh, I didn't even know Krampus was a thing, actually, before we built this promo. And then Martin was saying, like, you know, there's the friendly Santa and there's the evil Santa. I was like, what do you mean there's an evil Santa? There you go, Krampus in the chat, Recept sharing it. Apparently in Europe, if you're a bad kid, not only does nice Santa not visit you, but bad Santa comes and kidnaps you. Kind of intense. Thankfully in Canada, we're, we're a bit more mellow with our, with our Santa traditions. Um, anyways, so I hope you guys are enjoying that. Look forward to more of that type of stuff uh, in the new year. On top of that, so a big reason uh, we've been working with Dot Gems on this is really dogfooding the technology that already exists on EOS. So really showcasing how these tools can be leveraged to engage communities and contests. Ideally, uh, we'll see other entities leveraging the same tools. They're already available uh, to everyone already. It's just they're not being used because maybe people don't know about them. So hopefully um, pay attention. like. Steph said we'll be doing a uh, big contest for the Lunar New Year again. Um, and the Bounty Block tool and the NFT drop tool are absolutely awesome. But we're going to continue uh, dogfooding all of this stuff, get better integrations into Discord, uh, get uh, future NFTs, future blends. So instead of just blending like pop tokens to create a raffle ticket, maybe you can blend other things to, to do something else. Uh, other plans to do uh, physical items that you could redeem an NFT for to get like an EOS hoodie, for example. Like these are all cool uh, engagement uh, tools that we're going to be leveraging throughout 2023. So if you have a project or you manage a community, definitely be paying attention. And if you uh, need pointed in the right direction, uh, you could always reach out to Steph. Yeah, for sure. So the Bounty Block tools are not like uh open to anyone who just signs up an account they do need to approve you to use the tools um but you know if you're a member of the community you've got a legit project they're going to approve you it's just these tools are so powerful they can be used to like spam accounts and just drop terrible nfts nobody wants stuff like that so they do have to restrict a tiny bit where you know you can go out you can create an account and then you request access to the tools if for some reason you're requesting access, you're not getting it, reach out to me, um, you know, and I can I can ping the the, the bounty block tool for you guys. Um, but yeah, the, the contest tool is super powerful. You can do all sorts of things. For example, for this contest, you know, you have to sign in with your Twitter account, sign in with your Discord account. So you need those two unique accounts. And then we had a trivia question, we had a retweet, you know, all these kinds of things you can uh, program into your social context. And there's a lot more options than just those. Those are the ones that we decided to utilize for that contest. Um, for the Lunar New Year contest, 
you know, Twitter and Discord is not necessarily easily accessible for the Chinese community, for the Korean community. So we're using the type form uh, option via those bounding block tools, which is kind of we'll be asking survey questions. So in order to participate in these upcoming contests, you're going to be filling out a survey. Um, as always, we're going to be, you know, promoting these contests equally in Chinese, Korean and English. So whichever language you are, you can kind of fill out and participate in these contests. Um, through those contests, you don't need to try to participate in all three contests to get three times the prizes. That's not how it works. It's going to show up on my data and I'm not going to send you three prizes. So you just need to participate in one of these contests. Uh, there's probably going to be two of them leading up to the Lunar New Year. So check that out. There we go. We got some people sharing some of these new NFTs. Tony sharing the Shufan Greetings NFT. Uh, we've got the Big Beard Samurai. We've got a 25 EOS, uh, Pomelo Check. And actually, there was actually a lot of EOS up for grabs in this promotion. So there was, uh, I think it was 1,500 EOS that was given away via these Pomelo Checks. So I, you know, that's a giveaway, but you may not be able to keep them if you don't have an approved grant on Pomelo. Hint, hint, maybe make some for next season. And, uh, and there was these airdrop NFTs as well that Max Show shared. Uh, which can just be redeemed by sending, you know, either the uh, your airdrop NFT to the redeem.gems address or doing the same thing with your Pomelo check and adding the grant name in the memo field. So Atomic Hub is actually discontinuing the ability to back NFTs with EOS, which is what we wanted to do in the first place for this contest, you know, for the airdrop NFT. Um, they have to do that for regulatory reasons. They want to be on the safe side. Blah, blah blah. So we can't do we can't do back NFTs anymore. So that's why we came up with the, our redeem.gems uh, smart contract where we're going to be able to still do NFTs that give you an airdrop. There's just a, an extra step. You need to just, just send it to that address first. All right. Uh, yeah, Krampus. It's an amazing pick. Absolutely, uh, definitely epic uh, art there that was uh, done by Lars for, for the contest. So shout out to Lars, shout out to Byron for the snow derp, and shout out to Shufan for the nice greetings NFT. All right. Um, yeah, and if you guys have a Krampus, put it up on the market. I need to buy one and there's none available right now. So don't go, don't be too greedy, but I'm definitely going to be willing to spend a couple of EOS to get myself a Krampus in my collection. Um, there's actually, yeah, what's that? How many of them were minted? Yeah, exactly. So there's about 17 of these EOS fine art NFTs that were minted. So 17 Snow Derp, 17 Krampus, 17 uh, of the Shufan NFTs. There is 50 total uh, of the supply. So there's still extra prizes to be given out. Um, so check your EOS accounts. Those of you who have participated in the contest, maybe you'll get an extra bonus, uh, but we'll be, we'll be uh, you know, handing them out uh, in the future. The, the um, Big Beard Santa uh, is um, the first in the new series of what we'll call the EOS Hotshots, where we'll be featuring various community members and making, you know, cute, fun NFTs out of them. This is an uncommon version. Uh, so uncommons will have 100 mints. There's going to be common versions of these characters. There's going to be rare versions of these characters. Commons will have like 500. 
the rares will have 21, stuff like that. So by participating in these promos, you'll have a chance at winning, you know, all sorts of these NFTs over time as a fun way to, you know, give more hat tips to our, our favorite uh, community members uh, in EOS. Yeah, so we've been having a lot of fun with this promo. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, participating in it. And, you know, there's still going to be more EOS airdropped in these future promos. So there's a lot of value for the people who, who participated. Um, I had estimated, you know, maybe around 100 entries per week. Uh, there was a bit less than that. So we have a bit of extra supply. So I gave out more 25 EOS Pomelo checks uh, than anticipated. A few less 5 EOS checks. Anyways, so uh, yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoy that and uh, you participate in our, our upcoming promos. Oh, nice. Jason Eos sharing a Byron rendition of his cat. That's great. Byron uh, Byron did a zombie version of myself, actually, at one point a few years ago. And that has my profile for a while. All right. Next topic before we get to the big topic. Uh, quick shout out to the Architects of Consensus series uh, i don't know brendan are you online maybe brendan can talk about this he's not here um i'm here i don't know if i'm vlad is here oh brendan's here vlad is here go for it guys uh oh no vlad's not here this is a, a different vlad am i but, uh, audible lovejoy you are audible yes welcome to the fireside Thanks. Yeah, this is the continuation of the series, um, kind of long overdue third installment. Vlad, always a pleasure to interview the awesome engineers, the ENF, and looking forward to continuing it. Um, my goal is to make all the engineers and EOS more famous than the Apollo astronauts by the time I'm done. So you guys got to help me by spreading, spreading the word far and wide about the amazingly talented people we have working on Maybe the network. Maybe we'll make NFTs out of some of them. Heck yeah. And, you know, Vlad is pretty humble, but I learned some things. If y'all haven't read this um, interview, it's definitely worth a read. And, like, for instance, he helped with the project that first sequenced the human genome. I mean... How many uh -oh. blockchains have engineers that help sequence the human genome? Wild. So, yeah, that's cool. Definitely. What else? Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to read the article yet. Uh, are there any other little tidbits or highlights or clickbait material you can share about this uh, article? Bring um, you on the spot a bit here. Yeah, there's a lot of good little little gems in this one. Um, just would encourage people to read it. I don't know if I want to give away all the, the good bits. Otherwise, when you it's like spoiler alert, you know, I don't want to fair, fair enough. I don't want to take away the, the payoff for reading it. It's not that cool. it's the it's clocked in at the shortest of the architects uh, so far with like thirty seven hundred words. So it's not a not a thirty minute read. It's more like a seventeen minute read. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll add that to my list of things to do after the Eden election stops eating up all my time. 
Good plan. All right, and there it is. That's the transition into the Eden election topic. Um, I just sent you a message. Uh, I think Rhett is on from Zeisan. Wanted to give an update. Okay, great. I can't. I can't. I can't see the members list. Though. I'm like messaging people in the background. I'm on. I'm on my phone. Is Rhett it's on here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Rhett is on. He said hi. He said hi at the start of the show. We'll give him. We'll give him a, a minute here to to come back and jump on the mic. It's always so difficult. The, all these different UIs. <laughs> Incredible. Where's this new button here? Uh, thank you, thank you. Well, everybody, uh, uh, happy new year. Hope uh, 2023 is uh, much better than 2022. So, yeah, what, what do you guys want to hear here? Yeah, shall I... Uh, did ENF already? I, I have a few days off at the moment. Did ENF uh, uh, release the, the documents that we shared with them, or is that Zach? Is that in the in the works? Is that coming or? No, they were not released. Um, I don't know where Zach is. Uh, Julie, our uh, event marketing manager, uh, was on PTO for the holidays. So yeah. we, we do still want to publish it, but we need to uh, edit out certain things for the public version. But the statistics were awesome. I think you went over them last time, though, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I went through it a little it bit. Just, yeah, it was just, it's just hard to <laughs> go over numbers and not be able to visualize We need to see these numbers. Yeah, not yeah that was the... That was the discussion last time that I, I just rattled a lot of uh, statistics and um, basically the feedback was, uh, can you share it? So, but it's a little bit not up to us, I think, as Aizen to share it. And I think it go through the ENF uh, channels. Um, so a bit of a, a little bit of the update, we're, we're currently planning uh, the calendar for this year. Uh, we will do a lot more, about 15 uh, events where we do attendance only. Uh, we, uh, we have a pretty large team in multiple countries, so that is very easy for us to do. And we have seen that outreach on those events, on, on the trade shows, uh, is very effective. Um, so anybody that has a project, anybody that has a wallet, anybody that uh, is a is a centralized or a decentralized exchange, sometimes they have a booth on those events, and um, in many cases they they know about EOS because the, the these guys are from the blockchain space, crypto space, so they typically know us from a few years back, but uh, they haven't embraced technology and uh, they need some help sometimes or they just want to learn where the whole community is where the tech stack is etc 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 um for all the events that we are participating or have been participating in the last year if it was a little bit slow on the on the on the show we did outbound work so the the, the employees that were on the booth 
They walked around the show, reached out to everybody to uh, uh, talk about what what's going on in our community, what what's going on with Antelope, what's going on with EOS. Um, same story. Uh, very very successful with that. Um, so that's what we've been planning right now. We um, we have, like I said, uh, 1,500, 1,700, if I include London, the last uh, event, uh, new uh, contacts in the database. Um, everything is in HubSpot. If you know what it is, it's a CRM tool. And you can assign contact persons to it. And then, so it's market, marketing qualified lead, sale qualified lead, that's, that structure fully operational and we um, try to engage with the, with these contacts in all kinds of shapes and forms, call them, email them, uh, organize uh, presentations for them. There's about 24, so the big ones are projects that we uh, try to develop and see where uh, we can have the business land in in uh, reseller networks, and the other part are basically partners. Uh, so there's 24 companies that want to be educated on uh, antelope stacks to see what they can do. Um, of course, these sort of companies. Let's say you the, the the big the big consulting firms. If you have a Deloitte or Ernst and Young. Uh, wanting to know more about EOS, they also want to do that because they want to launch private chains or have applications uh, be multi-chain or because or maybe they have a project that's failed on another chain and they want to migrate it. So there's all kinds of conversations going on right now. Um, what I yeah what I what I really want to give back to the community is that. The, the feedback is really, really awesome. People that know EOS are so happy that we're back. Uh, people that never heard of us are like amazed. Why, why didn't I hear anything about this? This technology is, is amazing. Uh, if this is really true, why nobody knows about this? So it's really, uh, I would say, heartwarming that there's so much positive feedback. So that's what I, uh, I think I want to share at the moment. Um, and I think in the next years, I've programmed the fire chat every week in my agenda. So I'll show up if I can and uh, talk about and share some more details as, as they progress this, uh, this year. So back to you. All right. Thank you, Red, for, uh, for this great update. And uh, love to hear that you've penciled in this time slot uh, for the rest of the year. Encourage everyone else here to do uh, to do the same. Yeah, and this is Patty. I don't know if you guys can hear me. If my audio is fun. Yeah, you're good. Hey, Patty. Oh, thanks. Um, so, just a shout out to the Sizing team. Um, I think I mentioned this when when they kicked off the planning um, coming into August, uh, rolling. Uh, up our sleeves and, and getting, um, you know, into the events and execution of that, setting up the database. So 1,200 
plus people that have raised their hands actively um, is a great start coming into this year. So um, as, as he mentioned, um, there is a lot ahead of us in, in terms of uh, not just for events, but uh, you know, how do we scale and reach more people outside of the events? And then also just working with the, the, the projects in the community. Um, so when we look forward um, to our event activation, um, you know, one of the big learnings we had is uh, really uh, engaging um, some of those local community members to come out and be part of the program and, and doing that in a more um, proactive way. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, we will um, publish the report, I would say, in the next week or so. We, there's not much that will we'll change from that. Um, but then um, the, the size and end of year uh, summary, so you'll some good data there. Uh, but then also we'll publish um, the um, events that are on the radar um, for us, and we'll uh, have that available. Um, ones that we'll, we'll, you know, as we commit to them, we'll, we'll let you know. Um, so, you know, look forward to, to meeting some of you there. Um, that, that's it, just to add to, to uh, Rhett's um, date. In case anyone uh, didn't know, Patty is the Chief Marketing Officer for the NF. I should have mentioned that before her speech, but figure we'll do it after. But Sorry. thanks for uh, introducing yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, Patty. Hope you uh, join us on, on other firesides as well. We'll do. Yeah. All right. So uh, Mike is open. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little break here. Open a Red Bull, actually. Get some more energy Not allowed for to take this. a break. No breaks. Okay, just, just let me step away for a drink real quickly. I'll be right back to talk Eden with all of you. Um, Gabriel, Jason Eos, Chase, you guys are server muted because your mics were on in the background. So if you want to fix that, uh, I can un unmute you guys. All of your mics are still on. I'm going to rebuke you. Right, so have you guys been uh, checking out the number of people in the election so far? It's going, had some, a decent increase in the last couple of days. Uh, we're up to almost 100 members participating in the election on Saturday. So. Reminder, you need to register for the election to participate. Just being an Eden member isn't enough. You need to actually go to the website here. I'm going to share it in the chat. Click that I want to participate blue button and indicate that you want to participate. You need to do that 24 hours before the election. So um, the election Saturday morning. So you need to be registered by Friday morning. We're up to 96. Let's get to 100 during this fireside. I'm sure there's four of you here out of the 59 people hanging out with us right now on Discord, on top of everyone else watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I'm sure we can get four more people. So uh, if you haven't signed up officially on chain and you plan on participating, let's go do that right now.
Okay, let's see some number ones in the chat if you plan on participating in the election. Zero if you plan, don't plan on participating. Two if you plan on trying to get elected as either a, a, a delegate or chief delegate. Here we go. We got some ones, but maybe these ones were too early before I told them to potentially put two. I'm going to be trying to get elected. I'm still not sure what my platform is going to be. Got a bunch of ideas. Some are very fun ideas. Uh, some are other types of ideas. We'll see. We'll see what I what I end up settling on. Their type uh, types of, of of platforms. Yeah, types of uh, election pitches. Beard. What? Sorry. What did you say, Nathan? Oh, you said other types. It was very enticing. Yeah, I know, but I'm just gonna leave it there. And we're just gonna. You guys are just gonna have to find out on election day, I guess, what type of pitch I end up going with. I uh, got a few zeros in the chat. If you're if you're not planning on participating and you want to share why, uh, you know, there's plenty of good reasons why uh, people don't not participate. A big one is people don't want to put their face, you know, associated to a blockchain account. Very reasonable uh, reason why not to participate. Um, but if you got other reasons, you know, share them in the chat. If you're uh, potentially planning on trying to get elected and you've got uh, a platform share share you can share that text uh, in the chat why not use this fireside to pitch do a rehearsal for your pitch jump on say what you're what you're presenting what you'd be running on for election um share a link to your, maybe to a blog post or whatever i'm personally looking to read more pitches and more uh yeah platforms so that i can kind of pick and choose which elements i like the most from all uh, from all of these platforms that are going to be shared in the next couple of days, uh, in order to build uh, build my own. Maro, welcome to the fireside. Not sure if you're intentionally joining or not, but welcome either way. Anyways, I'm going to mute you, Maro, because uh, I think we only hear your car. Red, quick coming question in. about oh. the, uh, Eden and Dow. That's fine. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, don't be sorry. Right, I was away. wondering, so, so the way, like, I'm still kind of, like, learning everything in the past week since I, like, I kind of started branching out, uh, looking into the EOS community. Uh, so with Ethan, the idea, like, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea is, like, you have stages and there's, like, four or five people and between them they decide on, like, a person to go up. Is that how it works? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the gist of it. Um called the so political playoffs or upvote elections is a new name I've seen around. I think I like that uh, even more. Um, and and, and the, the key, you know, the magic sauce of Eden is that these random groups of Eden members get thrown in a room together and then they have to come to consensus on who they want to elect to represent that small group of people. And you need at least more than two thirds of the voters to agree in order for anyone of that room to be elected a level one delegate. So if there's four people in a room, you would need three of the four people voting on chain for that same person in order to have that person become a level one delegate and kind of represent that room in the Eden community. That level one delegate will receive resources from the treasury of Eden 
in order to spend on accomplishing whatever election promises uh, they made. Anyone else wants to add more flavor to the description of Eden? Please, uh, please jump right in. So, but uh, a quick question then. So, then what happens if um, there isn't a consensus? Does it? Do they all not go up then? That's like, right. There's no one that goes up. So, like they have a That's deadline right. to reach consensus, and if it doesn't happen, no one gets uh, chosen. That's right. And then the treasury that was kind of reserved for that group gets redistributed to all the other groups that were able to reach consensus. So it's like a, it's like a the incentive. Yeah, exactly. It's like a reverse prisoner dilemma or I don't know, probably not, but yeah, there's definitely incentive for people to reach consensus in these rooms. And it creates a very, very interesting uh, dynamic. I've participated in uh, most of the elections before. And what I've enjoyed the most actually is just getting to chat video chat with some of the EOS community members that I've seen in the chats on social media, you know, but never actually talked to over voice or seen their face. And then, so that's been really enjoyable. I've built stronger relationships with a bunch of EOS community members that I happen to meet in these rooms. Um, so I think for that, it's actually very, very powerful um, for that reason, to, uh, you know, building better relationships among a, a group of, you know, a community with where, I would have probably never gotten on a video call with that other person if it wasn't for this random luck of the draw type of uh, system. That answers my uh, questions. Jason Eos is wondering why people are writing numbers in the chat. So uh, I'm asking people if, if you don't plan on participating in the Eden election, you can write a zero. If you plan on participating and just voting, you can write a one. And then if you plan on participating and trying to get elected, you know, put a two in the chat so we kind of get a, an idea. And we got people putting some threes out there. Not too sure what these people are trying to accomplish, but uh, looking forward to seeing it in action on January 7th on Saturday. Man asks a good question. Is there an official place where members are posting their platform's ideas? So there is an Eden members only Telegram channel that people have been sharing some of their ideas there. Uh, you know, there's the Eden on EOS Telegram channel, which is open to the public. Um, there's a blog platform that uh, apparently Eden members can post their platforms to. I tried to submit mine. I don't think it's been accepted yet, although I haven't had a chance to uh, check my messages today. Um, granted, it was only like 10 words, but it really, really reflected the essence of my pitch, which is don't let Block One fuck us over again. But maybe, anyways. Um, yeah, please, guys, jump in. Come on. You, you, you guys bombarded my phone with thousands of messages over the holidays. And we only have DJ Strike Anova coming in and helping me with the show. I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go on strike here. I just wanted like. to say I love your platform. I don't think you should change it. <laughs> Thanks, Quinn Fred. Yes, more Eden questions. So then, the bubble up process creates these chief delegates, and then they get like. Goes on like fifteen percent of the treasury, and they like can do whatever they need to do for their platform. 
Exactly. So then all the level one delegates that get elected, then do the process again, randomly, you know, distributed in, in rooms with other level one delegates. And then they come to consensus on who's going to be the level two delegate, which in this case, with the amount of members likely attending the election, you know, it's probably just going to be level one delegates. And then level two is the final level, which are called the chief delegates. And these chief delegates get even more funding, you know, from the treasury compared to the level one delegates. In total, there's 15% of the treasury that is allocated across all delegates per month, I think, or per term, no, per month. Um, so it's the chief delegates, the, high, the higher levels get more. It, what? They, it's 11%. They were able to reduce it. What? Fine. You reduced so, it for us to 11%. Yeah, man, you guys fine. are you guys are lucky. I don't have my sound effects right now. So then the, the level one delegates they get something too. Yes, yes. And I'm not sure on the good. math. Probably someone has done the math for the upcoming election. So both levels get the same amount of funding. I, I don't know what it is, I don't have it in front of me off the top of my head. But let's say like the level one delegates are splitting. 8,000 EOS amongst four people, and I'm just making these numbers ah. up. That means they're getting 2,000 EOS each, but then level one also gets 8,000 EOS, but it might be split up across, let's say, 20 people. So it's still 8,000 EOS at that level, but it's getting spread out across more people. And also they stack, because if you make it to the final table, that means you're also a layer one. So you would get uh, income from, you would get revenue from both of them. I see. So then the level one's also like, because they won on the platform, they try to do what they can too. They just have you know less of a budget. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as a level one delegate, you can you know use the money to pay yourself a salary to work on a project you know that you think will benefit EOS. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to support Steph's platform, and if I'm elected, I'm going to give my money to Steph's platform. And Steph is going to be investing in these projects or investing the money to accomplish these goals or whatever. So you can use it for yourself. You can use it to support another delegate. A lot of people are using these funds to then support uh, a Pomelo grant. So Pomelo is another fundraising mechanism available on EOS uh, through quadratic funding. So donations are matched with a matching pool. So a lot of people will, you know, earn... Uh, earn some funding from Eden, but, and then donate that funding to a Pomelo grant, which kind of multiplies, again, that funding. So those are kind of popular popular platforms that people have been running on. But really, you know, there's no A well, platform no could just be a developer saying, hey, I'd like some funds to build stuff, and uh, he persuades, you know, his group, he gets it. At least exactly. Somewhere. Exactly. So like Luca, for example, I don't know if Luca's in the chat, He's an Eden member. He was elected previously in elections, and he built uh, the Upvote Telegram bot, which helps facilitate Eden elections. You know, so that was his platform. He got elected. He made some money from Eden. He used it to pay his salary or his team salary. I don't know exactly. He also pitched that same product on Pomelo. Was able to raise some funds there, and you know, through these two platforms, has been able to build uh, build out a bot that may be used for this election. I'm not too sure. Uh, I was talking with him about that uh, last week. That's just one example. All right, let's chatter in the chat. 
did have other questions about uh, uh, Pomelo as well. I don't know if I want to change the yeah, discussion. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Right. So, uh, so see, unfortunately, the season ended right before I really started getting interested in it. So I can't vote on anything, the, or rather, to contribute the EOS to the the cool apps that I'm into. Yeah. And I also kind of with Effect Network, we kind of have, uh, or I've been pushing the team apply for a grant and I like I don't know if it's like the right place to pitch like the general idea I had um sure why not uh during the during the pomelo seasons we host pitch sessions you know where anyone who has a grant that's approved as a public good can come on these pitch sessions and kind of pitch a grant um but if you want to ask uh, I would a, love a to question. hear what you're building <laughs> yes there you go right so I guess it's a question like a public good because uh, I'm thinking open source software is a public good, right? So like, so with Effect Network, we had a hackathon like the beginning of the year, and uh, we basically as a DAO voted for you know our favorite projects. And like the idea I had is, what if like we could have like more hackathons with uh, that'd be like a grant that people can contribute to, then uh, with that other members of the EOS community like. Uh, you or yeah, I guess any other like like high even cheap delegates could be interested as being judges and stuff like that. And the idea is be would be using our effect SDK, which is like that NPM module I mentioned earlier, to build, you know, dApps that use the workforce. That's like the general idea. Because I haven't really seen like a hackathon. Like I've seen small like projects in there, but I don't know if like if a hackathon is something that is like uh Pay off the rules and stuff like that. Maybe uh, Daniel. Yes, there we go. Daniel, yeah, please unmute his mic. Here we go. I, I can chime in a little here. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the devil is always in the details. It's hard to, you know, rule one way is this a public good or not. You know, with a high level decision, it always comes down to read the read the proposal and, and see what all the details are. Uh, the the key though is that it is a public good. Um, so you're right in identifying, for example, open source software as a public good. So if, for example, your proposal was, I'm building an open source hackathon software that enables anybody to easily create a hackathon using this software, that's something that would probably qualify as a public good and, and be able to be uh, uh, approved for Pomelo. If, however, maybe your pitch is something more like, I'm going to raise funds through Pomelo and I'm going to put that into my prize pool for my hackathon. In that case, that's not a public good because you only have such, you know, there's only a limit to how big your prize pool can be. There's only a limit to how many people can participate in your hackathon. So that's rivalrous. Not everybody has equal access to be able to access that prize pool. Uh, so something like that would probably be denied to, be, to participate. Um, so yeah, you can't use Pomelo to raise funds to create a prize pool for whatever, whether it's a DAO whether it's a hackathon, uh, whether it's whatever. But you can use Pomelo to build the tools to help enable anybody to build something like a DAO or a hackathon. I don't know if that okay, helps. I see. So the problem is in the competitive nature of a hackathon. So, yeah, sort of. Yeah, so the, the fact so yes, yeah, the, the definition of a public good that we follow is that it's non-rivalrous and non-exclusive. So non-exclusive just means it's free to use. Non-rivalrous means that by one person 
accessing it. It doesn't limit somebody else from accessing it. So a prize pool, um, again, maybe it's a free to attend hackathon so that you check the, the non-exclusive box. But yeah, the, the rival risk part, not everybody has is able to get access to that prize pool. Only the winners of that hackathon get access to the prize pool. Um, so that would mean you know, a prize pool is not a public good. But again, the there's a lot of work that needs to go into building to creating hackathons. Maybe there is a piece, you know, a building block that you can get funding for that would qualify as a public good. Interesting. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, glad that helped. And and always, you know, I, I encourage everybody uh, who wants to participate in Camelo. If you got a wild idea that you're not sure whether or not it qualifies, just go ahead and create a grant for it, and you know the, the Camelo team can help you through that process. We've, we've when when a grant doesn't qualify as a public good, we stick it into uh, an action required status. Uh, you should get an email with you know a little guidance on what is a public good, and we're always happy to you know work through it with you in the Telegram channel, in the Discord channel, uh, even in, in direct messages between myself and, and people. I, I'm often helping people you know, go through multiple drafts of their grant application. Um, so when in doubt, just go ahead and submit it. And, and it's much easier to judge when it's laid out in, a, in an application. We can help you tweak it. Yeah, let me share yeah, the, the Telegram. Let me share the Telegram channel for Pomelo. That's where a lot of this type of discussion happens. And, you know, you don't need to wait for the season to be open and started. So season five is coming. The dates have not been announced yet, but it is coming. Um, and, and But that doesn't stop you from right now going into the Pomelo channel, asking questions. Hey, here's my idea. Is this a public good? Anything I need to tweak or whatever? So I just share the channel here uh, on the Discord chat. And uh, yeah, love uh, love for you to be getting so involved with the Fireside and Pomelo and potentially Eden. Well done, Mr. DJ Strikanova. Oh, Nathan James coming in, dropping some news. He might be putting up a grant next season. Come on now. Is that all you're going to say? We want to hear what you're building. Next season? Yeah, let's do it, Nathan. Yeah, let's do it, Nathan. Something I've actually been building for a couple of years. I just don't have time to do it anymore, so I want to find a team to do it. Nice. Potentially. Nice. All right, all right, all right. Well, thanks for the teaser. Looking forward to hearing more. Can someone confirm if the current delegates who received the big donation reduced the percentage? Or did they propose a redu reduction of the percentage? Seems like people in the chat are not sure. Chris Barnes? Yeah. Dogman coming in. I was asking that. I don't know. Oh, Chris is here, so he can answer that best. I thought that Chris was actually on the CD call. Um, so if Chris could answer that, that would be very helpful because I don't know the answer. But from what I heard, although Lenny heard it differently, it was just proposed. 
Is that correct, Chris? Or? No, we agreed on the last call that we will be reducing it. So it'll be 11% before the next election. Okay, thank you for the Ooh. clarification. Wait, how does that work? The current CDs can reduce it for the next the next CDs? Yeah, the current CDs can reduce it at any time. And it's not just for the CDs, it's for everyone. So the next CDs could increase it again. No, you need to submit a proposal for the next set to increase it. Which is So I thought it had to have ratification by the next CDs as well. Laws, um, the way they're written, uh, whenever they increase it to 15, uh, if you want to increase your pay, the rule is that you can't increase your own pay because then people could just say, I want all the money. But you can, uh, so that's why it has to be a bylaw increase. But to decrease pay, uh, the way they said it was that they could decrease pay in the middle of a, of a season because you're essentially lowering your own pay. Oh, I see. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so the reasoning why you would want to lower the draw rate is because for the longevity. So at one point in time, there was a bylaw in terms of the mission of what Eden is. At one point, the original mission was set to be to create value for the EOS ecosystem. Then term two CDs added the, the, the line and to ensure this the continuity of this organization. That ensuring the continuity of the organization includes that chief delegates assume some sort of responsibility for the fiscal side of things. So what's the runway for the treasury? How long will it actually hold out and support ongoing future terms of future level one delegates and chief delegates? So that mission statement has since been removed. We're back to just, just uh, creating value for the US ecosystem, whatever. But uh, some of us who are chief delegates uh, still feel that it's important for us to be prudent with the use of the treasury. And 15% of a large number over the next three months is a lot of the treasury. It reduces it down to within one year of 15% reduction rate will be down to 65,000 EOS in the treasury. So that is not uh, perceived to be prudent use of capital. So we're choosing 11% so that the next chief delegates basically receive the same amount as the current set of chief delegates. So there's no reduction to them in net. However, it does reduce the draw rate to create more opportunity for future terms. Right? It's not just the next term of three months that we need to look out for. We want to look out for many more terms. And so we do that by reducing the draw rate so that way it can be extended over more time. Another just quick question. So can you explain like more how the bylaws work for Eden? Yeah, so the bylaws for Eden, it's a pretty unique thing, actually. So you've heard this idea that Things can be proposed, but then they need to be ratified. So the idea is about preventing incumbent advantage. So we often see in modern politics and democracy today, those who are in charge can change the rules to ensure their a greater probability of maintaining their position, to maintain their incumbency to be in charge. So the way Eden works is any set of sitting chief delegates, which are the highest, they're like a board basically for the Eden community, they can only propose changes to the bylaws. They aren't able to ratify them. So what that does is it creates a slight friction in the inability for incumbents to capture and see gerrymandering, right? Changing the electoral districts, doing all these things that we see are done to maintain incumbency. So instead, chief delegates can only propose new bylaw changes and it requires an election 
New chief delegates are elected, hopefully running and very explicitly defining whether they would agree with the changes proposed to the bylaws or not. And then the next set of chief delegates can ratify those proposed bylaws to become the new set of bylaws. So that's um, so that that churn creates um, an interesting dynamic. So one of the bylaws says that current chief delegates can reduce the amount of uh, the distribution and the way that distribution works. I don't think it, just to add clarity there, there's a treasury. It's the Eden O'Neill's treasury. And every month, 15% of that treasury currently, that percentage is 15%, is distributed to delegates. So you take that 15% a month and you divide it by two. Half goes to the chief delegate pool, half goes to the level one delegate pool, and it gets broken out. So we're suggesting to reduce, well, we are going to reduce that to 11% of the treasury will be re, uh, distributed per month to level one and, and chief delegates. Thanks for the explanation. Lewis asks an interesting question. Why, radic why ratify across new delegates and not just voting a percentage through the whole vetted community? The whole Eden thing is a new way to do democracy and select leaders and representatives. I mean, that's really the fundamental piece that I think is really getting missed, right? So the whole thing was predicated on Dan's book, More Equal Animals, and it does a very good job of breaking down all the problems with democracy. Like this is a solution to democracy is a, is a way to look at it. And so if you want to, we could go back to the traditional way of doing things where you have a poll and everyone in the community needs to weigh in and you get this kind of group consensus for every decision. And that's legacy system. That's how things generally work today. Um, this isn't that. So instead, this is using this process to select individuals who are trusted by the community to achieve these positions to then have the ability to make decisions on behalf of the community. Um, if we go back to needing to canvas the community for every decision, then why bother having an election in the first place? Let's just leave it so no one's in charge and we'll just have a bunch of polls be put up and people can vote and that will then determine forward uh, direction. But then you have the ability that people need, like the whole issue of uh, rational ignorance is a really important topic that comes up. It's very rational to be ignorant of the details of something like this. So we've heard that some people are going to be putting up their, they're going to campaign on what they're going to actually do in this coming election. And that's actually kind of pointless in uh, the way rational ignorance works. Like I shouldn't have to do any work in advance of the election. I, it's not worth the trouble to try to read all of these campaign promises and read these things in advance. I don't need to do that. I just show up in a room and I'm there with three or four other people and I'm going to ask some questions pointedly right then and there and ask them, what do you feel about this? Do you approve the bylaws? What do you think Eden is? Is it a worker proposal system or governance system or both? I don't need to care about every other delegates, potential members and what they campaigned on because they're not in the room with me. I only care about who's in the room. So that idea of rational ignorance is really important. So if you start doing that collective polls and you... If you, let's say if you talk of a hundred people, part of Eden Dow, there's the probability that one of them, you know, going to be in that room with you. So I, I think there is appeal in going off your platform because it increases the probability that they are aware of it as soon as they are in the room with you. I agree with that. You you can campaign all you want, but it's the expectation that everyone else needs to pay attention. That's all. Yeah, campaign campaigning prior doesn't mean you don't need to campaign during your call. But you may be able to convince people to proxy their vote to your campaign, right? If you explain your campaign ahead of time. Some of the reasons why I campaign. How long is um, the voting process? 
Each room is roughly right now. It's kind of it's delimit. It's limited by the free Zoom accounts. So there's no magic number to this, other than Zoom makes it so because that's the platform we're using for the video calls. Basically, one hour per round. Um, so the whole thing, if you wanted to show up and just be a participant, say you just want to dip your toe in the water, um, it's very encouraged for folks to become a member and just show up for that first round, which is maybe an hour, hour and twenty minutes of your time. If you're looking to move on to further rounds, well, then basically each round multiply that. So if you're there for the full show, it's about three, three and a half hours of time on Saturday. If you're there just to be a first round participant, just to vote for someone else in your room, then maybe an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes. Is there any exploration to lower that amount of time or move it from a Saturday to a day which isn't as impeding to people with families? Um. So in terms of the time, I mean, everything is customizable, certainly. With Luca's upvote uh, bot, it'll be a lot easier to have more flexibility on the time per round, only because it won't be predicated on Zoom anymore. It will use Telegram video. And in terms of a different day of the week, it's in the smart contract. So yeah, it can be edited. I think it's set now to be deliberately on a Saturday. It's deliberately set to accommodate North American time zone. Because um, this isn't, that's the other thing, right? Eden, it's not, it doesn't work for a global audience because global clock doesn't work that way like so in the end there was always this intention of having multiple eating communities who would collaborate and come to a come work together in some form or fashion but there should be multiple edens each with their own language as needed or certainly their own location to fit time zones and maybe different days of the week to your point Then uh, for bylaws to change, you do you need like a majority of the, the chief delegates to do it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you need a super majority, two third plus one of chief delegates. So far, we've had the first election had six chief delegates. Then we've seen four and we've seen five. So the, the, the percentage is always 67% or greater, but uh, the actual vote count varies. Um, and that's all in the bylaws. Uh, so the bylaws do specify the general essence of the election itself and how chief delegates are able to um, make changes. So, for example, there's one other rule that's in there that says the proposed bylaws are, indivis are indivisible. So the next set of chief delegates can't take the list of 10 changes and say, oh, we'll take that one, but not that one. We'll take this one and not this one. They have to kind of it's all or none as it's defined right now, which has its problems. It certainly does. It adds this well, idea what are that you need the to be really cautious. What are the benefits of that? For me, like I haven't thought deeply on this issue, but I would think I would prefer like a list and people vote on each item of this list. Because like for the current bylaws, if I agree with four out of the five proposed changes, but there's one change I don't agree with, I can't ratify all those changes. You know, yep, it's a super good point. Exercise of consensus building. You can't put anything too radical in there or else you risk all of your non-radical proposals to not go right. through. Right. But yeah, why not this came throw up. a shot at a radical proposal? Yeah, I guess I guess I, I see the I see the logic there. There's, you don't want to I throw a shot at a radical proposal in the off chance that some radicals get elected to CDs, then they can accept that. Yeah, well, there are other considerations too, like, um, you know, a set of bylaws, for instance, could 
come out as a package deal, which they are intended to be, but uh, there could be dependencies between bylaws. So if the subsequent chief delegates removed um, one of the proposed bylaws and left the others in, it could effectively create a situation where you have like a irrational outcome, essentially, like not what the initial creators of the bylaws intended. So it's like, that's not always going to be the case that they depend on one another or that there are any dependencies, but that is one possible situation and why one, one reason why you can't do them piecemeal. You have to do them all or nothing. Yeah, this is he's, he's bang on because this came up the very first set of chief delegates. We, I mean, when Eden was reformed, uh, it was understood that Dan would be the one making the bylaws. And then it turned out he wasn't going to do that. So it came upon that first set of chief delegates. And that question about why, why does this have to be one indivisible set of bylaws came up. And to Lovejoy's point, I, I think it's better. Yes, there can be dependencies. So we need to be aware of that. But perhaps the proposers can just propose them in blocks. So instead of saying, these are all the changes, take it or leave it, it's like, here's a set of changes. They are dependent on each other. Therefore, it's one thing. Like you accept that block of changes and then you can separate them out in blocks where you know you can make sure there isn't any dependencies. So I'm with you, uh, Stefan, that it is kind of annoying that it's all or none. But anyway, it just, that's currently in the bylaws. So that's where we are. <laughs> so that could be changed. A set of chief delegates to say, they're going to remove that line, put that forward as part of their proposed changes have it ratified and then poof that rule no longer applies i mean i like I it i think it's more it's like a kind of conservative approach um which is so unlike me but on the other hand it prevents things from moving too quickly it kind of forces um like a more prolonged uh, process of consensus i think but, more optimal for the long-term conversation yeah. strategists um yeah maybe blocks i like the idea of blocks obviously you can't have an unlimited amount of blocks because then it's just like proposing line items but maybe uh you know two blocks maybe or three blocks you know i think i think uh i would approve that if i was to become cd i think the other thing that dan was trying to guard against is just bloat like so <clears throat> we're each set of cheap delegates just proposes a new like oh, we need this bylaw we need that bylaw we need this bylaw and then pretty soon you've just got all these laws kind of like we do in the states and other places where nobody even knows what half the laws are anymore um so by making them all kind of have to be together um i think it slows down like the multiplication of needless laws but that's another injection yeah, i guess brandon good point for sure did you know you can't have Intercourse in any position but missionary in Virginia. <laughs> oh shit! No, I didn't. Um, what? Let's should I turn myself in? If you live in Virginia, <laughs> what if I wasn't technically a resident of Virginia at the time? Too much information. No. Sounds like you're going to jail, Brandon. <laughs> Those Virginia cops are coming to Minnesota now. You can hear the sirens. worth noting for um i'd be really curious you know especially the new entrants into eden i mean there's there's a few folks who have come in you know for example from the enf i'm sure they have some background information there's a few other folks i think who have just come in fresh i'd be really curious what their impressions are um just 
being exposed to the chat. And even here in this conversation, you hear, um, you know, and this is to DJ Castronova, I think. Like, my sense uh, is that Eden is very much, you know, in its nascency of trying to figure out its own identity. And so for anyone who is interested, uh, has joined, and will participate in the upcoming election, um, you know, that friction will, it does exist. And to the extent that some folks may notice it, uh, we'll see. And I'm curious, like, what the outcome will be in that sense. But, you know, that that tension between it being sort of one type of system, a, a more of a, a WPS alternative to Pomelo, et cetera, et cetera, versus a more sort of a governing system uh, still needs to be reconciled. And so I'm really glad that there's a lot more people joining and will kind of lend more voices and eyes and ears and lenses to this whole thing. You know, I think we need that. Um, but by no means, I think anyone should be joining Eden and, and presuming it's it's something of a finished product. It's far from it. An experiment in many ways, and you know, it's on blockchain. So to me, taking a super conservative approach of not changing things too quickly doesn't really jive with my experience in the last five years of blockchain. Kind of like go hard, go fast type of approach. But uh, that's uh, that's what's great about Eden. I guess we'll see what the what the political playoff process uh, you know allows to rise to the top. See which which uh, philosophies are more aligned with more people. Another even question. Um, so with the bylaws having all these rules, how are they um, enforced? Some of them are on chain and a lot of them are just uh, community willing to enforce them. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard, right? If it's not on chain, then uh, where's the teeth? I think you kind of speak to dispute resolution too, which is something that's being currently developed. You know, um, when Dan left this project, he left it very much in a yeah, entirely incomplete state. And so, uh, you know, the, the members, the CDs, et cetera, have, have been working to piece it together um, and adding these sort of like f core functions in the system to make it work. And so to your point, it's like, uh, if there's issues, if there's someone not upholding a bylaw, if there's um, dispute in the system, like how do you resolve that? And so a lot of that is currently um, being developed. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps as well. Yeah, it does. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm just going to plug uh, so with Effect Network, the the workers, you know, there's like, for example, in uh, Mechanical Turk, the, it's generally biased toward the requesters, and they can like say decide not to pay a worker like any any money at all for kind of really arbitrary reasons, and the workers usually have no uh, way to deal with that. And so like the if it's also like a similar question of dispute resolution, where how do we know who to side with if someone says someone didn't do things properly? So yeah, I think. Uh, Kind of cool that our DAO is also kind of like evolving as well to deal with this. So just the, kind of a tangent to the idea of dispute resolution there. So in effect, DAO, the workers do the work before getting paid? So with Effect Network, you you can just sign up uh, to 
Well, if you can go to effect.network and you can load up the app from there and sign in with an EOS wallet or Binance Margin wallet, and then you can get you can jump right to work. Uh, but um, uh, the the EFX uh, F, it can be held in escrow for a few days, though right now it just gets paid. Uh, but the idea is eventually there may be cases where uh, we need to uh, settle a dispute where uh, a requester is not satisfied some work. And the, the worker believes uh, they did enough work. And so the fact that we were, the goal is we have to figure out a way how to settle these disputes. Because a lot of the work is done on chain, like all the complete, completed requests are shown on IPFS. It's pretty easy to tell right now. Like you, you can just look at it and say, hey, the, the work's right there. What are you doing? You can't uh, just force a refund there. So, um, but it's, uh, it's still like a work in progress. Yeah, I think dispute resolution can be tested a bit more in the coming uh, cycle. And in terms of, you know, there's some unwritten rules, there's some written rules. In my opinion, if the rules are not written on chain and they're not enforceable on chain, we shouldn't assume that people will follow those rules, especially if there's significant monetary or other, you know, rewards at the end of these Eden elections. Most of the Eden bylaws are on chain. That's why they're pretty simple also. Like, so this is why uh, there, there isn't really much there that's open to subjective interpretation. There is the new dis recently added dispute resolution process. And because it's difficult to codify such a thing, especially because it's a new process and we haven't tested it, there is this kind of give and take on the ability to want to experiment with something before you hard code it. Because as any of the engineers in the room will know, it's, I mean, that. It takes a lot of work. And once you've gotten something coded and it's running, last thing you want to do is realize, oh, wait, there's a major hole in this process. Let's go back and fix it. So there's that where the process is, is clear. It's there. We haven't really tested it. There's been no reason to kick a member out yet because that's the purpose of these dispute resolution as it stands right now is uh, member removal. Um, so there, the, what, I mean, yeah, a lot of it's- Was there not one member that had like not turned on his camera during the election and then someone wanted to, you know, test out that process and, and kick out that member? Did that ever go through? Yep. Uh, it, it, it didn't go through the process because that member who didn't turn their camera on responded to the query of the potential plaintiff and to basically, why didn't you turn your camera on? And he responded saying, I believe to basically had issues, technical issues, and maybe he won't do it again. I don't know. Um, so it's up to some, someone's got to be willing to put forth the claim. And I am currently in the, the role uh, delegated by the chief delegates to lead the, like the process. Uh, I don't have any decision making. I just help facilitate. So anyone here, if you want to remove an Eden member and you're an Eden member currently, um, you just let the chat, let the community know in the chat and uh, I'll help guide you through what you need to provide. But and in the end, the way I that will work F. is... Um, um, and then it costs... $125, right? Is that it? You put a you put up a bond before you can request. I know I read a few things about it. I'm sure a lot of people in this chat are not familiar with that new process. Maybe you want to give a quick overview of, of what's proposed. Uh, yeah, basically, if you want to kick someone out, you put up a bond of 125 bucks uh, or collateral, we can call it uh, worth of EOS. And that gets held in an account that I think I'm pretty sure I would just have the keys to see so if trust me with this. Um, so buyer beware, I guess. 
and then what you do is then you put forward all the information that and it's listed out in the process of what information is required. And then there's a public hearing at level one delegates. This is where it gets hard, right? Eden is such a, a cluster of intention that no, there's one school of thought says you can't encumber any delegate with any additional responsibility other than spending their funds. Like that is, that is it. This is just purely a worker proposal system. Don't expect anything from chief delegates or level one delegates other than spending their funds as they said they would. I mean, that is the, the base purpose of this whole thing. However, some of us are thinking, well, what about governance and blah, blah, blah. So uh, one of the things that we're requesting, but it's voluntary, is that the level one delegates get randomized and basically the top five, like you just pick five random level one delegates and they become jurors of this potential dispute. If some of those level one delegates don't want to participate, then I just go down the list until I have five, right? It's supposed to be random five level one delegates. They become jurors. They would then arbitrate on the merit. Oh, and so then the... so. Uh, it gets put forward from a plaintiff, $125 bond is put up. Okay. Then the defendant gets notified. If they're an active participant, they would look at the nature of the claim and they would either decide for themselves. Yeah, you're right. I suck. I'm just going to resign because I know I did it. I know I'm bad. Uh, I have nothing to fight for here. And so they leave, or they might say, this is bullshit. I'm not guilty of this charge, whatever it might be. And I've got evidence and I'm going to fight this. So then they post another $125. So they basically put money where their mouth is in terms of willing to defend themselves. Now there's $250 in the collateral account. Now it goes to court, we'll call it. And the level one jurors now receive deliberation from both sides. And they are the ones who ultimately, like there's no judge here. There's no lawyers. You're just defending yourself, essentially. You're representing yourself. And the level one jurors will come to a, a majority decision. So three or five to uh, pick one or the other. And, and isn't, there's no, what they don't get to do is decide how to penalize. It's like one or the other, either kicked or you're not based on the nature of the case. And what happens is, is then whoever wins the case, the plaintiff or the defendant, they get back their $125 worth of EOS and the other $125 gets split between the jurors. They each get 25 bucks. So, so they're paid a little bit for their time. That's in essence, the procedure. It's very bare bones. It's in the bylaws. Anyone's welcome to read it. It's about a page in a bit. Um, yeah, that's it. Hey guys, this is Jesse with the bees. Um, I could speak to the individual that uh, Steph had brought up about um, voting in the previous or the one before this election and the one before that without their camera on. Um, so, um, he's part of the bees and I reached out to him. Uh, he said that, um, he's from China and he has issues with the VPN and, uh, connection issues turning on his camera. And I think that it's worth bringing up. I wanted to bring it up now because there's also this issue or not an issue, but like a concept of having something in the bylaws that's explicit versus implicit. And one of the changes that we made in the bylaws is you must turn your camera on and speak at least once during the election. And like the thing is, is that like this didn't say it in the bylaw before. It may seem obvious, but it wasn't there. And so we're in the process. I think this um, BCDs or like this current term 
we're trying to like put in the bylaws what has been implicit and make it explicit. And I think this is just a good example of that. Yeah, definitely support more explicit expectations on chain in the bylaws for sure. Steph, did you lose your soundboard today? I haven't heard, I haven't any, heard sound. any sound. Yes, I did. No, Me and sad, sad. Very sad. Me and Dave over the holidays were trying to optimize my sound, get the quality higher, reduce the background noises. We got a good, really good result, but now it, it involves a virtual audio cable and all sorts of input outputs. And well, today when I was trying to load up my soundboard, it just did not work. But it will be back. Don't worry. I've been tempted to hum a bit. No, go for it, Hernan. Welcome to the fireside. Oh, actually, when we when you guys are coming out to talk about Eden. Maybe give a quick history of your your track record in Eden. Like, hey, I've participated in a few elections and voted around one, or I've been elected level one or level two, or I'm currently a chief delegate. Maybe just to give a bit more context to the people listening to this who may not be as familiar with everyone as the hardcore OGs in this chat are. Yes, that, that's a great idea, I think. So, um, yeah, I've been involved in Eden since the beginning. Like, none of the, the first Genesis call, but ran a, an, um, uh, call number two. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, your volume's better now. How's, or not? how's it now? How's it been now? Better? Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. So I've been elected a level one delegate. I haven't made it to chief delegate yet. Uh, on the current, uh, current cycle, I'm not, a not an elected delegate. But I'm still involved. I do love the idea of fractal governance. I think it has uh, amazing potential. That's why I'm still involved, and I still want to see it forward. Um, so yeah. So so I I wanted to just drop the question about this the 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 thing of um, having camera on and having like a real human being behind the camera. It was a great idea behind this kind of <clears throat> civil protection or Eden, but now with all the AI deep fakes and 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 people that could essentially set out set up a a, a, a non-existent human being to to appear as, as as real or indistinguishable, I think that that is all to be uh, I think redefined. So I think maybe we should start thinking of ways to make Eden. Uh, you know, like AI deep fake resistant. So that's just a thought I I want to put out there. But um, if I, you can do that, I have money to invest. Well, I I had a pretty funny idea. It's like, why don't you just you know have like in person captchas? Like you say, uh, hold up the peace sign, and then you know make a rock, and then uh hold three fingers up, you know something like that. Like uh, that way, you, that that would be very hard to fake. Like a real human capture. Well, listen, I fell, I fell for uh, during the last bull run. I did fall for a pre-sale scam of a deep fake CEO announcing the the, the pre-sale in a very convincing manner. 
<laughs> and after that uh, rug pull, that everyone went looking for that CEO, and it ended up being like a deep fake, non-existing human being, just uh, you know, <laughs> stealing a a brand new project. So it, I, I've seen it. I've you know, so it, it it's it's out there. I don't I really don't... think a. Fake would prevent someone from doing a peace sign in Iraq and all those things. I mean, I like the idea. We should keep coming up with ideas. I do think a benefit to the video, though, is at the very least, we could prove that it happened after the fact. Like, for example, Intel just came out with this hardware level ability to look at blood flow patterns in the face to determine whether it's a real human and a deep fake. And I'm sure maybe even by the time someone's listening to this, some smart person has already come up with a way to use deep fakes to fake that. But um, at, at least if we record the video, then after the fact, we could prove that it happened. Yeah, maybe. And, and this and is I getting into the. Go ahead. Hernan. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so I just want to add maybe um, <clears throat> expanding on the, the, the user profile or adding some kind of a, a minimum required about having like. A Telegram, a Twitter, or a LinkedIn—I don't know if if that would would add some some protection to that. But that's all Web two, right? So. Um, I was um, just going to say that we're that we're getting into kind of the ROM versus cracking debate. Where for many, many years, uh, CD makers and software makers tried to prevent people from burning CD-ROMs. Um, and, of course, hackers were just like, oh, this is fun. Let's figure this one out. And then a week later, they'd come out with some crack that cracked the anti-crack. Um, so that seems to be what's going to happen with all of these deepfake versus anti-deepfake stuff. Maybe a different solution is just required. Yeah, the, the the core weakness is because you put your videos up. That's training data for the deepfakes. So if someone is exactly has sufficient videos up there, they're gonna be much more easy to deepfake. So I don't know. Like, and and let's not even get into machine learning and learning about the the best platforms that get voted upvoted chief delegate and having a deepfake being able, able to. Able to yeah. Drew Block already yeah. solved all of this for us in the comments. If you guys were following the voice chat. He says, if an AI can convince a group of five other people to vote for it, maybe it deserves to be a delegate. There you go, solved. I don't think deep fakes work anything close to real time. Like I've installed the software and did the training data on my computer with like a pretty great video card, and it still took hours to, to render the, the deep fake. So a bigger risk would be using like uh, you could disguise yourself, so you can't create cyber because you you can't like, do. I guess you could do multiple deep fakes. But uh, all I wanted to say is you can do deep fakes in real time. That's impossible. It's not even oh, close. You can it's farm it out. Hours. You can farm it out though. You can farm it out to a horizontal scale data center. It would just cost you a lot of fucking money. Yeah, also, I think I think a more realistic attack vector would be using. You, it it will be possible one day. Of course, but how future-proof do you need to get? It's like a game of cat and mouse. Like you, you, It's just going to go back. And the pendulum's going to swing both ways. 
So wait, but um, we brought up a different point before that somebody uh, without camera, but somebody with a bad connection, what does a bad connection look like to us on camera? Um, it's a little bit pixelated, right? Doing pixelated stable diffusion isn't actually that intense because you aren't reaching the final um, you know, clarity of this. It's like way, way uh, less intensive than doing, than doing those last few steps. Um, so if you wanted to have some kind of pixelated deep fake, which looks like you're having bad connection problems, probably not an issue. The issue that would happen though, is if you had like 50 of those, then people would be like, all right, dude, what's going on here? Right? Not, it's not possible. Everybody's on some satellite, bad internet at the moment. Yourself, man. Steph used to use mobile internet for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> I would not have qualified a month ago. But I'm on fiber now, it's glorious. I think if we have problems like this, we have bigger problems. Yeah, very true. So in, in regards to security, uh, this is Jesse again with the bees. I think limiting inductions um, is the most practical way to achieve security. Like, for example, uh, the CDs would have to um, approve an induction. And if we see a lot of... A lot of Induction, induction requests, requests from an attacker, perhaps, then um, limiting inductions, I think, uh, is, is simple and effective, or could be simple and effective. I like that idea, of... but I also don't like it because it just makes puts too much power in the hands of the CDs, and they might abuse it depending on yeah. the people being inducted and the person you know that's inviting people. So the people in charge get to decide if there's new competitors to them? Yeah, not for it's that. Adding, yeah. It's adding more things beyond what they campaign for. So Chris mentioned earlier, one of the original ideas was to not attach too many strings to like what the responsibilities were of a CD uh, when discussing like the dispute resolution, for example. So, and, and it doesn't it scale. It's so limiting not easy workaround. So there's an easy workaround. So if I I have a limit of three, I'll induct those three people, get them to induct the of the rest of the three. So so if that's a, a planned attack, there's a that's a very simple workaround. So I don't have to induct them themselves. The ones that I inducted will induct the next one. So True. the limit won't won't really protect us against that. And be practical <laughs> we actually need to be i would set a minimum of inductions per member so that we grow because i think that should be our focus if we want eden to to be actually you know meaningful and uh, kind of a a, a successful experiment yeah more so. friction for onboarding new members definitely not what eden needs right now in my opinion no exactly exactly it's a Oh, I agree with the ready to schedule with with two other people to be witnesses around yeah. the world, different schedules to get it on a Zoom at the same time to record, which is good because there's at least some minimum friction to 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 not allow bots in. But at the same time, you know, we should be we should be be able to mo motivate and kind of simplify the process so that we we make it easy to to grow the community. There was a uh, a concept a couple of days ago in one of the Telegram chats. I can't remember who said it, but uh, somebody said they'd rather have a small community of fifty engaged members uh, versus a large community of a thousand unengaged members. To which I agree with. Uh, however, if 
this particular Eden, for instance, Eden on EOS, uh, wants to become something which is a counterweight to stake weight, then I think looking from the outside in, it has to be larger than uh, the small amount of members because it seems centralized, right? So if the if the purpose is to become less centralized, uh, then it should be less centralized. And limiting the amount of people that can come in limits the amount of people, limits the amount of decentralization that it can accomplish. Uh, of those people who do come in, right now we can see it already. There was what, it was like 350 people who have never voted before, and then another 100 something people who have actually participated in the Eden process, which if you haven't voted, I guess you really haven't participated in the Eden process. Um, so right now we do have a large amount of people who have joined but haven't voted, which means that if you induct another thousand people by the same statistics that we have, uh, only 20% of those people are going to actually participate. So we do need to have an ability to bring in more people in order to find the 20% of people who are going to be participating members. Totally. Yeah. I, I agree with that, and yeah, I think I think it's um I think we we should separate the discussion between it, how do we uh, how do we see or envision Eden as an self sustainable uh, organism, a growing kind of thriving community, uh, with the with the discussion around should Eden uh, be involved in EOS governance or should it have some weight on the decisions made on chain, which I think it it, it has been the the I think the the crux of the the, the latest part of discussion in the group, um, and I think those are valid discussions to have. But uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know if you guys want to open that it kind of warms up but uh yeah i i think it's a it, it's um i think eden does offer a different um, different mechanism of of giving voice to people uh so i do think it's a valid voice to have on chain that's my view of how Eden can participate. Of course, I don't. I don't think that Eden needs to represent a majority or needs to have a a, a majority all of the uh, of of the on-chain uh, voting. But I, I do think it's a, it's, a, it's kind of an, an alternative view is always good if we want to have a decentralized network. That's what I think. This is when the cricket sound effects should be playing. I'll just narrate the sound. You're a robot. You got that? You, you got the elevator music for there? Hey, oh no, I'm robot. Lovejoy. Robot Lovejoy has entered the chat. So can I also just respond? Um, um, I, I do acknowledge all of all of the reasons why perhaps limiting inductions is not a good idea, but I just uh, also want to point out that a lot of um, those ideas were in regards to um, a system that can help govern EOS versus a system that could authenticate users. And 
some in some areas like the one we're talking about one idea could be good for one and bad for the other and vice versa and i've been thinking about this and i think the more i think about it the more i think it makes sense to potentially uh fork eden for civil concerns only and have a different fork for governance concerns this particular instance it's kind of bad for both Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would definitely focus on having the this current Eden kind of as, as solid as possible, and then kind of try to because working now, I, I, I think would be a bit premature to see because um, I, I think we we don't have enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about now. In the yeah, future. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a proposal. So going back to what I've been saying uh, in the Eden chat recently is that yes, this could be one way to do it. We don't even have to be uh, particularly restraining on it. It just because it's just one mechanism. So you could say maybe there's a hard limit of five hundred inductions every year or something like that, or every cycle, every three months, whatever it might be. Um, but it has to come with other layers on top of it, right? Because all security is based on layers uh, and there has to be other things. It could be um, that you have to have a stake, right? And it doesn't have to be a high stake because again, you have other layers which are also protecting it. So this, we also don't want to prevent people from uh, nations that simply can't afford a $500 stake because that's like the entire uh, monthly salary. Um, so you can lower that because there are again, other layers. So the more layers that we can add to this actually allows us to reduce the impact of each individual layer on security as a whole, which then means we can do a lot more things at once, but the cost of doing those things also needs to be weighed because if, uh, for instance, we have to start getting approvals, uh, more approvals, let's say 25 or 50 approvals uh, to induct a new member into Eden, that's a cost that is on every user. If we have to pay uh, a committee to approve them, that's a cost which is on every user. Uh, if we have to have CDs approving them, that's a cost on every user because CDs have to spend their time doing other things as well. So we do have to weigh those things against each other and see what is the best possible outcome for all of this and also then weigh it against the cost of attack, which is really the most important thing there. I, I still super super. Uh, <clears throat> I was. Um, you said you said earlier that you did kind of run the numbers on what a, what an attack would 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 be right now. So that was super interesting. So how, how did you figure uh, that out? How did you come up with those uh, those calculations? There's, a, there's actually a, a long thread about this on on Telegram if you'd like, but. Uh... The basics of it were that you would hire a bunch of people to go on camera and participate in the election and be basically sock puppets of one attacker, whether they're mm -hmm. complicit or not. Uh, and at the current amount, well, at the previous amount of participation in voting, because the voting has gone up uh, significantly this this uh, election, but the previous one, I think it had like 43 
participants, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. So that means that you really only need about 100 more people to come in and participate in voting, because then you'd have a supermajority. Uh, and they would be able to... And that would affect the voting even with the randomization of the groups. Yeah, because the groups don't matter because they're also randomized into the groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this particular election is... Uh, so the cost would go up by three. So basically, if you want to um, take over this voting, you'd have to bring in another... Uh, a lot more members than you would have previously. Uh, so... But the cost of the previous one was around three thousand dollars for participation across many many months, and of course the time would be around three months. Uh, but these numbers change frequently. But even if this goes up to a million dollars, a million dollars is still significantly low for the amount of take uh, that would be. This is all predicating. I don't really want to inject this into the chat, but this is all predicating into uh, the Eden on EOS controlling the Eden proxy, which would then have take, or sorry, it would then have the inflation given by the chain to be able to provide that back to, uh, to stakers, which would then make it the de facto. So there's a lot of things, variables, which create the ultimate storm here. Um, and I don't really want to go into that tangent again, because I think we've we'd really beat that horse ad nauseum. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But uh, my, my kind of ending argument for that is that I think if we remove that part of the inflation being routed to the proxy, I think oh for um, sure yeah for sure having having even having a say on governance makes sense you know whoever wants believes you know whoever kind of aligns with what Eden thinks uh, good BPs are would stake to it and whoever does doesn't don't, doesn't stake it absolutely you know. so that. Without the inflation, without the quote-unquote unfair advantage uh, that that one proxy would have, then it just becomes another proxy, which anybody who believes in the Eden governance model would then stake to, and that's wonderful. Um, But it wouldn't, I don't think it would become the de facto proxy for EOS, which then means it's just another participant, and that is okay. Right, because you're right. That inflation aspect is really the the damning aspect of that, because it means that it would likely become the de facto. Therefore, it would control the uh, block producers which are in and in DPoS. If you uh, we we vote for thirty, so we can basically control the entire twenty one set of producers. Yeah, no, it's, it's ba- basically uh, we're risking uh, routing. Uh uh, uh, control the governance to one proxy, which is the same as you know, uh, centralizing the, the, the governance, which uh, <laughs> eliminates the whole purpose of why we're in EOS, right? right. You would think like so earlier, but apparently not. I was just thinking, whole human uh, participation that kind of reminds me of proof of work, right? Because what you said is basically, what if someone, you know, bought on, like, you know, some a lot of hashing, or, like, another, like if you try to, like, fork any common crypto, you could easily be taken over by an attack because someone could just pay, you know, for miners to mine for you, and then you have control of the network, right? Right. So then I guess it's the same with the size of Eden, right? Pay, you know... 100 people to be your, your shills. I mean, that's not that expensive. I was going to get more. Like, it, it literally, the, the, it's like proof of work. The more you have, 
the more secure it gets. Well, that's exactly what I was saying the last time uh, we had this this fireside was that if those perfect conditions happened where there was a proxy that became the de facto proxy and controlled the majority stake of the network basically controlled every uh, it controlled the ability to select all of the block producers in the top 21 set um then the cost of attacking the network was the cost of attacking eden and the cost of attacking eden is not significantly high or it's not high enough versus the significant take that you could acquire by attacking eden um so that's really where the problem is uh but if the cost of attacking eden goes up to 500 million dollars that's no longer a problem right and it'll probably be noticeable because i mean it'll be hard to keep that secret like with 100 people yeah but like need to- oh it happened it would happen over time it's uh it's like any attack on a system right you don't know you don't necessarily know if a hacker's in the system or exactly what is compromised until the hacker makes either a mistake, a judgment, a uh, mistake in judgment or reveals themselves. Uh, and that's when you know that a hack has occurred because there's lots of occurrences where hackers are already in the system or they've already infected quote unquote infected. Cause this could be social uh, infections. Like they've become friends of, or boyfriends of, or girlfriends of the, uh, you know, somebody who controls some key inside of a company. Right. Um, so you don't know exactly what's affected until it becomes a problem. Yeah, I don't mean I, I didn't know if this was going to just stay kind of like an ESP security debate or anything. Uh, I, I had questions for you, Nathan, but I also don't want to belabor this. Like you said, it's I've, I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear more about this. I've just personally really. We can take it to Telegram. I have to pee anyway, so I would love a a break. Yeah, no. all right, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up there. <laughs> Do I still, still take, sound like take a the robot? Fire set, take the fire set to telephone, Nathan. Take us with, <laughs> take us with you. <laughs> Am I still a robot or no? Love you. Love you. Yes, you're, you're an AI right now. Damn it. Really? It does sound kind or, of like a high or you're, robot. Or, or, you're, or you're stoned in the very kind of digital brand of of you know some some kind of digital green stuff. I got some articles uh the effect team i can post about like summaries for 2020 is that fine on the chat sure. yeah post those up in the voice chat how about now am i still a robot you've conquered the ai of no you're class. good you're good sweet all right <clears throat> One more member to join the election, we get to hundred. Are we are we really gonna end the fireside before we're crossing that milestone? There's like seven pending invites. We'll get there for sure. I really would be curious to know statistics if we could track this going forward for when people register. Um <clears throat> I'm sure that there's some 
record of that in the system contract because it's interesting to see like how many people join or like register for the election in the last you know 48 hours versus i mean eight weeks out yeah then we could predict likely turnout well it depends on the stakes of the election right if before the next election there's now a five million EOS donation to the treasury you can bet your ass there's going to be a lot of last minute registers but if the budget is lower than what it is now probably and, and you know no significant control on the governance of EOS through a proxy <laughs> then it's probably going to be lower turnout not as many last minute registrations so you're saying we should assign reputation based on people that show up no matter what the payout is. Absolutely. There's so many awesome data points that we could extract from this. And it's very annoying to me, actually, that I I can't really find it. Like past election stats, an easy dashboard to see who's been running every time, who's been voting every time, how many times were they elected. All these, All this amazing data that is out there on the blockchain somewhere but I can't see it. And if someone's running on that platform, let me know. I'm going to add, you know, some funding for that in my pitch for this year, for sure. Yeah, me too. Tools to see ourselves more clearly would be most welcome. Yes. Who's going to build that? If only we had some blockchain engineers in the in the Eden community, uh, who in the what now? What happened? <laughs> I was being. Oh, are you oh. running for uh, for election, uh, Nathan? I haven't said that I would. Okay, guess you, you haven't said, said that you wouldn't. wouldn't. Are you okay? Hold on. Are you a member of Eden? I yes. I do. Yes. Okay. Are you are you registered for the election? I do. All right. At least we got those two in. We can make assumptions on the on the others, but I was saying it's hard complaining. to your information for me. It seems well. <laughs> apparently, it is. I'm asking you very direct questions, and yeah, you don't want to tell me the answer. Well, the, but, the uh, funny thing, the funny thing is that you wanted a recap on is what we were talking about when you were uh, relieving yourself is um, that it would be nice to have better information about you know previous elections who participated. In, Stats, um, when they, trends, when they graphs, lines, yeah. all that stuff. Didn't somebody just put a uh, <clears throat> an Excel document, an Excel sheet, up in the members chat? Yeah, it's it's a start. Is that um, yesterday's document? I'm looking for an updated version. I mean, that just shows who participated in the last election, I think, and um, and we can't even yeah. know who's participating in this one. Really? Like, That's I can't see the list. Or what is so the what, what this, is the what are the levels like last what one is in this the one. reward for each level? What is right the now? reward for each level? How many levels do we have? How many people must register for the election for the next level to be reached? Come we on. Should, we should create Give a wish gamification. List. Let's create that. a wish list of all the things we want to see so that someone would know what they need to build. We'll spec it out. Yo, I'm allocating twenty five percent of anything I make to this project for whoever wants to build that. Boom. Design. I'll put up 10%, 10% here. Um, 
Yeah, you know, that'd be super. Basically, a platform where people post like their ideas for improvement, and then delegates can pitch, you know, their percentage or whatever. Yeah, I'm way too lazy to think about all these great ideas. I just want to analyze other people's great ideas and decide which ones I want to promote. If you guys want to take it one step further, we can even gamify it and have each Eden member have kind of a token and maybe have. Bro, 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 stop, stop, stop. Who's going to win the election? And then if you get, (laughs) you bump the tokens of the new chief delegate, then that token comes up in values. Yeah. All in on all of these things for sure. Hernan, I'm driving to your house right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's coded, man. It's coded. (laughs) 